Holly G with Golf Insiders. We begin our 2022 season with a, a pretty exciting tournament last week at the Century Tournament of Champions, and we're bringing in our favorite golf insider, Bob Herrig, to uh, break it all down for us. Bob, always uh, fun to watch those tournaments in prime time from Hawaii. Yeah, it sure is. It's nice to see that again, and um, it kind of whets your appetite for more, and especially when there's a lot of named players. And um, you know, we had number one John Rahm up there again, and and the guy just continues to be in the mix in these things. And 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 uh, and yet is sort of on on the unlucky side too, and in, in not winning more than he has. But it was a great performance by Cam Smith and and the Maui Mullet Smith. Exactly, yeah. Got He's played some great golf himself of late, you know, and uh, you know, it's, uh, it's an incredible scoring performance out there. I don't care what the conditions are, or, you know, to have that, you know, have, what, three guys 30 under par is just uh, pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah, he set the scoring record. Um he was eight under on Sunday, posting a 65, 64, 64, 65. John Rahm, Saturday's round was just amazing. He shoots a 61. And then uh, uh, the fellow Aussie, Matt Jones, playing to shoot a 61 on Sunday with a couple of eagles. I mean, it was just a, an incredible uh Final round of golf on Sunday at Kapalua. Yeah, it really was. And, uh, you know, I think I saw where Jordan Spieth was like, you know, 18 under for the tournament. And, he, you know, he lost by, what, 16 shots? Yeah. I mean, it's just uh, it's just a little bizarre. I mean, I don't know what you take out of it uh, if you're somebody like him. I, 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 think it, I think you have a hard time feeling bad about being 18 under. You know, or 16 under, or whatever he was. I mean, uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's they played the ball down for two days. The fairways are incredibly wide. There was no wind. We've seen that place a lot harder when it's windy. So you know, it's it is what it is. It's fine. I think it's a you know, it's a great way for us to you know kind of get back into it again. Justin Thomas shoots 61 on Saturday, and a few hours later, he was, what, five shots behind um, yeah. Smith and Rom? You know, that, that's got to hurt a little. Yeah, that stinks. I mean, and that's the thing is, I mean, you just – it's almost like you had to shoot 8, 10 under every day in that thing, you know, 7, 8, 9, 10 under. Uh, and you better have had at least one round of 61 or 62 – you know, I mean, it's you know, par 73 course. So, uh, yeah, again, that's why I'm sort of like if you're – as long as you felt good about your game coming out of there, I'm not sure I'd feel too bad about not contending or, or you know, you know, like even Phil, like, was way back. But, he, you know, he was still like, you know, his first time there in 20 years. But he still was way under par. You know, I mean, there's nothing – I don't think there's anything to be ashamed of there. And again, it is a limited field, the best of the best, the tournament of champions. Um, John Rahm had not played since October 15th, Bob. 
So pretty remarkable that he comes right out of the gate, you know, literally uh, guns a-blazing. I think what that says is he was working at it. You know, like he might not play in any tournaments. You know, he went over to Europe after the Ryder Cup. Um, and then, uh, you know, but he clearly didn't put his clubs away for two months. Uh, you know, at some point he got back after it and, and, and really didn't miss anything. You know, I didn't, didn't, uh, didn't blink. Uh, yep. Didn't, 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 you know, he picked up right, you know, right where he was before. And, you know, he, he had like one kind of poor tournament the week before the Ryder Cup which is sort of understandable. That was like the only one going all the way back to like May. You know, the guy's been on an incredible run. You know, he should have won the Memorial. Um, he tied for the lowest score at the Tour Championship. It doesn't get a win. Uh, you know, it was top, well, he's third or fourth at the Open. Uh, you know, uh, it was uh, you know, just a ton of great golf there. And... Uh, uh, you know, I, I, it's we still got you know a, a ways to go here, a couple months, but but uh, it's hard to not look at him as a as a big favorite at the Masters. Yeah, as um, you know, someone who has covered the tour for years, we we start out in Hawaii. It's a little bit of a tune-up for the guys, and certainly a nice place to warm up your game, literally and figuratively. And then uh, you know they move to the to the uh, West Coast swing, uh, the California swing, and we we don't get to Florida until uh, until March, the end of February. But as somebody who's covered the tour a long time, what do you what do you look for right now, and what do you think the you know the players are? Uh, I mean, you know, certainly their sights are uh, on the players' championship, and then of course Augusta. But uh, what you know? What do you think? Are, are there some guys that uh, you believe are you know shooting for that first major? What's what's in their sights? Well, you know, I think what's interesting is is the different ways they all go about it. You know, um, some of them start off slow. Some of them wait before they make a big splash. Some of them start off in the Middle East on the European tour. Rory's doing that. Bunch of guys are playing in, uh, in in Abu Dhabi and Dubai, and then of course there's the Saudi International, which is on neither tour now. It's an Asian tour event, and you know there's 20 some, 25 or so PGA Tour players who are playing in that, which is the week of Pebble Beach. Right, first week um, of February. Right, and then and then you know you you, you come back and you've got uh, uh, Phoenix Riviera, and then all of a sudden you know we're only you know, five, six away from, five, six weeks away from the Masters. You know, you've got, you've got the four in Florida, then you've got uh, the match play, um, uh, which is only two weeks before the Masters. And look, I actually kind of don't think that's a great time for it. I think that's a weird time to have that tournament. You know, it does nothing to prepare you for Augusta. Right. Um, other than maybe if you want to make the argument that going head to head every day sort of, you know, gets you more focused but look if you're not more focused on the first tee at Augusta you're never going to be you know so um it's look you know there's there's and there's other stories too like guys who aren't in the Masters like a guy like Ricky Fowler you know like is he you know there's someone I think we're still waiting to for him to to kind of bounce back and Mm -hmm. you know and what's what's going on with Bryson for all the talk about Bryson last year he only won once 
You know, I mean, I, he defied him one three or four times for all the, you know, hype. Oh, and, and look, he, he could have and, and maybe should have, you know. Uh, he obviously had chances. So, you know, look, Bay Hill was the last time he won. Uh, and, you know, Kepka hasn't won since Phoenix. Exactly. He's the next guy yeah. I was going to bring up. Yeah. So, you know, uh, what about Rory? You know, he had a nice win there uh, at the end of the year. Uh, in, in Las Vegas, but then he blew a great chance to win the season-ending event Dubai on the European Tour. So um, it's all, you know, all kinds of stuff going on, I think, with, with these guys and with different storylines. And, um, you know, and, and, and what's funny, too, is no matter what, I think when you get to Augusta, like, a lot of it doesn't really matter. You know, we always are looking for trends and this, that, and the other. You know, I mean, Hideki won the Masters last year, and he hadn't won in a long time. He certainly hadn't won in any of the events leading up to it. True. And, you know, it, it doesn't, just because you have success at the players, for example, or or at the Honda, doesn't mean you're going to have success at the Masters. I just think we like to talk about the fact that it's good when guys have some form. And uh, I think the players like to have some form. They like to have seen some 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 consistency and some, and, and they want to get some confidence, you know. Uh, but it doesn't always have to be that, you know. We've seen many times where that's not the case. Do you believe with the level of play and the depth of, of – talent now Bob does knowing Augusta National like has been the case in the past with you know some of the veterans and repeat players does that factor in as much do you think well, knowing think how knowing, to play the course I don't think there's any doubt that knowing it helps you know I, I, I just think there's there, it's, it's not a fluke that we've only had one first time winners since the very, you know, since the very early days. True. You know, and Jordan Spieth sort of blew that out of the water. You know, he had a chance to win in 14, his very first one. He did win in 15. He's one of the handful of guys who have won it in their second try. And then, obviously, you know, he probably should have won it in 16. You know, and he's had decent success there since. I mean, he's a bit of an outlier, you know, it just takes a little bit of time to learn that place. And you don't learn it in playing there in February or March or in October. You have to learn it during the tournament because there's no other time it plays that way. You know, even the week before or two weeks before, Augusta National is a different golf course than what they face during the tournament. And the people who run it do a great job of – of kind of nurturing it just so it works out that way. Just so you it know, keeps you, that weak. Yeah, just like gotta, the magnolias. You've got to learn how the greens are and how the how fast it runs or not. And so yeah, it's a it's a it's it's a it's an interesting dynamic and you know you've seen guys change their philosophy over the years. Sometimes they get there way early. Sometimes nah, I'm not gonna get there so early. I'm gonna play nine holes a day. You know, there's all different kind of tacks as, tar- as to how they're going to, uh, you know, treat the golf course and, and, and prepare for it. Yeah, some guys play the, you know, week before, a couple of weeks going into it. Some, you know, take take that time off to go, you know, practice. It's, it's, a, it's a mixed bag for sure. Exactly, yeah. So I would, Patrick Cantley uh, finishing fourth, 
this past weekend. Uh, he seems to be in good form as well, uh, although some may have already forgotten Patrick's wild hot streak uh, at the end of 2021, including the you know winning the FedEx Cup. Uh, but I would think he would be on people's radars for the Masters. What do you think? Exactly. I don't think there's any doubt. You Such know, a solid game all the way around, right? He has. He he did not have a great um, run in the majors last year, which I think hurt in terms of the overall picture for him. But uh, you know, he was in contention at that Masters. The Tiger won. Um, obviously, he's got the game. Um, he I, I sure think got a titanic load of. Confidence now, Bob, in terms of being able to play with the the rest of these major winners. No doubt, you know he that end of the year with and in and, and a, and a good Ryder Cup too. I think really proves, you know, he, he kind of stepped up there, um, uh, and and uh, and I and I think you know answered some doubts if there were any. I think we've all known he's a great player. He just hadn't been doing it, you know. He kind of popped up and then regressed, you know. And last year he he stayed up there. Colin Morikawa was in the mix as well. Shot a 62 on Sunday. You know, what piece of his game do you think? Um, you know, is is there anything that's that's lacking there, or you know, just uh, you know, just more tournaments? I mean, my gosh, he he came out of the blocks and. Posted that major very early in his career. Well, I think the thing that he lacks is he's and, and and if I were him, I wouldn't change anything because because it's you, you go you go down the rabbit hole and you might it might lead to other issues. But you know he's just kind of an okay average putter. But he obviously putted great the weeks he won. You know, he had a lot of good putting weeks. He made a lot of putts. He since has changed to the claw, though, hasn't he? Yeah, well, he has on long. I think what he did was he made some adjustments when he was at the Open, and he he went to a different way of doing it on longer putts on slower greens. Um, He has experimented some. Um, I think his putting numbers are better than we give him credit for, but they're just not great. You know, they're not way up there. And so we see he's on the stats. He's also not a long hitter. You know, he's not bombing it out there. But he gets it out there plenty far. His strength, of course, is his irons. The yeah. incredible ball striker. He's incredible with his, with his accuracy. Mm-hmm. And when, when that's on, uh, and if he's chipping well, you know, then, then he's hard to beat. You know, so um, I would just expect more of the same. I think you're going to see him hovering around in a lot of tournaments. Um, because uh, you know he's just he's just kind of got that game. Now look, he had a bit he had a blip there during the FedEx playoffs where he, you know, he he tweaked his back at the Olympics and then he played in Memphis and he probably shouldn't have and then he had two kind of poor weeks right. at the first two playoff events that really knocked him down and he had a bit of a of a rough stretch there. In fact, you know, it's, a, it's an aside, but he, he's, he's a, to me, example number one of how when you talk about a season-long FedEx Cup points thing, it's really not bad at all because he led in points going into the playoffs, and he had 
three kind of mediocre or average tournaments, and you end up finishing 26 out of 30 guys. Yeah. So, like, his standing at the top of that thing meant nothing, really. You know, I mean, it, it helped him beat four players. You know, he didn't, he didn't have a good couple of weeks, and, and he, he plummeted down that list because of how it changes. So, uh, but it just so happened that those were the, be, the the tough three weeks for him. He really, you know, he he, he emerged again later after that, and uh, I think he's going to be back on track. Yeah, and what was it? His second year, or was this his third yeah, year? Well, I think it 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 uh, he he turned pro in in nineteen. Uh, and then, you know, he won the PGA in 20. 20. And then so, you know, I think it's like he's, he's, I don't know if it's three full years yet. Yeah. <laughs> but still. Yeah. I think and, it'll I'm, be three, and I'm talking about his career already. Right. <laughs> I think it'll be three full years this June from when he graduated. Right. You know, he, he graduated, he got out of college in the spring of 19 and then began his pro career. So he missed, you know, he didn't even play the, the whole of that year. Yeah, plenty, uh, plenty of uh, exciting golf ahead for for Colin, and uh, I think he's he's going to be a, a contender in more majors this year. So uh, this weekend, more prime time golf, Bob, because uh, we've got the Sony Open in Honolulu, one of the longest running sponsored events, isn't it? Thirty what five years or something? Yeah, something like that. It's a pretty good run. Obviously, a good tournament, completely different than Kapalua. Instead of wide open, it's tight, it's shorter. Um, You know, first full field event of of the year, of the new year. And, uh, you know, there's going to be some guys itching to get going. You know, uh, there's some guys in that field who have not played, uh, you know, a – uh, well, they played they played some fall events, obviously, but you know even even that it's been it's been almost two months, so they're they're looking to get going again, and um, and this is a great place to get started. Yeah, it is. It's uh, and it's always fun to watch golf in in prime time. Although it's going to be mixed in with uh, a lot of uh, NFL football, so. Uh, you know, you got to grab that remote, and especially for this uh, Buffalo Bills fan who will be watching Saturday night. But I digress. Um, before we let you go, uh, we I must, must uh, pay tribute and and uh, mention that we lost a very, very dear friend and uh, just one of the best in our business, Bob, who I know you knew really well, and the uh Ultimate Golf Insider, Tim Rosefort, uh, yesterday at age 65 um, as a result of Alzheimer's. Just uh, gutted so many of us, Bob, to hear this news. Yeah, it, it sure did. Um, it, you know, I think we all knew that he was, you know, in a, in a bad spot here. Um, but still, still such a shock, you know, um, that somebody that was so vibrant and, you know, he was really healthy in every other way. Um, the last time um, I remember having a long conversation with Tim, this was at a, an event at PGA National. And I'm, I'm probably going back, I don't know, maybe 10 years. And he was telling me how he had just gotten gotten into yoga. <laughs> and... Um, 
you know, we were talking about our di- different fitness uh, regimens and but just such a brilliant award-winning writer, having written for Golf Digest and Golf World, and then, as we know, um, you know, uh, Golf Channel. And uh, I think they didn't they call him Timmy Two Phones, Bob, because he <laughs> always had his uh, insider phone, so he never missed a call. That's right, yeah. Yeah, you know, Tim was sort of the precursor to guys like Adam Schefter and you know, you know, Jay Glazer, you know, the insiders in the other sports. I mean, Tim was doing that 20 years ago. Sure was. And, um, and, and he, uh, you know, he was really good at it. He knew everybody. Everybody knew him. Um, and, you know, he kind of started that when he was working in newspapers. You know, when he worked at a local newspaper, he was getting to know everybody. And, and, and you know, obviously he took that to – to SI and, and to Golf World and and Digest and obviously Golf Channel and, and, and he just you know it just kind of he, you know he became the standard you know and he, he was another one of one of the you know the rare print guys who was able to do it on TV and and was able to do both yeah you know, he actually did both and so yeah it's just you know as someone who knows him for a long time and Tim knew everybody he sure did so like if so if you saw Tim. If I'd have seen, you know, if I'd have gone six months without seeing Tim, I'd, I'd run into him and we'd talk like we'd seen each other six days before instead of six months. Yeah, he was one you of know, those kinds and, of guys, yeah. Yeah, and, um, you know, he just had a lot of respect from the people in the game. I mean, they, uh, you know, he, if he called, they were, they were, they were likely to call back. They knew they were going to get a fair shake. That's, um, I think that's, you know, that, that says a lot. And so did the many, many tweets yesterday uh and you know remembrances and 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 tributes uh like you said not only you know from the players but you know from so many people across the industry uh, you know uh, at the end of the day that uh, really highlights a, a career well lived and well done. it really does absolutely it really does you know he got he got tributes from all over you know from media from players, from administrators, you know. I mean, uh, it, it, it says a lot when Jack Nicholas reaches out, I think. And, uh, you know, so um, I, think it's, uh, I think it's pretty neat what's all going on. Well, Bob, thank you as always. We will be checking in next week. Any predictions today in terms of the Sony winner on Sunday? I don't know if I can pick a winner, but I have a feeling Charles Howell's going to make the cut. <laughs> he's never, he's never, he's the leading money winner of the tournament. And he's never won it, but he's never missed the cut. Oh, well, he's played in it like twenty times. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, so, well, I think I think that's a safe bet. So we'll leave it there. So watch, I just jinxed him. I hope not. <laughs> Bob yeah. Herrick, always a pleasure, and uh, we will speak to you next week. Thanks for spending time with the Golf Insiders.